Good morning. Last week I was standing in for Ursula. This week I'm standing in for Peter. You'll cope. It's a great privilege and joy to have Kevin Roberts with us. Kevin's going to bring us the Lord's Word a bit later. Wave to Kevin, yeah. And um, Kevin will preside at Holy Communion. So he's had to learn the way we do things. God is in control. Um, I just take advantage of being up here to say the um, Shrewsbury Street Pastor's prayer diary for three months is ready. I've asked Sarah if she'll circulate it on email. If you want a printed copy, I've got a few here. Thank you. So I've taken some of our liturgy this morning from the Anglican Church in New Zealand. We're going to start by singing and praising God and acknowledging that he is Lord, he is our Lord, he is the Lord. Jesus is Lord, creation's voice proclaims it. When John starts, we can stand. Jesus is Lord, we all say in the mighty 
be seated. As you usually see the words in heavy type to join in, please. So welcome to this holy table. Welcome to you, for we are Christ's body, Christ's work in the world. Welcome to you, whose baptism makes you salt of the earth and light to the world. Rejoice and be glad. Praise God, who gives us forgiveness and hope. Amen. Christ is our light, the joy of our salvation. Christ is the good shepherd who knows and cares for every one of the sheep in different folds. In Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile. In Christ there is no discrimination of gender, class or race. In Christ the poor are blessed, the simple receive truth hidden from the wise. Alleluia. God of justice and compassion, you give us work to do and a baptism of suffering and resurrection. From you comes power to give to others the care we have received so that we and all who love your world may live in harmony and trust. So we go into our confession and we come seeking forgiveness for all that we have failed to be and do as members of Christ's body. In God there is forgiveness together. Loving and all-seeing God Forgive us where we have failed to support one another and to be what we claim to be. Forgive us where we have failed to serve you and where our thoughts and actions have been contrary to yours. We ask your pardon. God forgives. Let us be at peace. And rejoice and be glad, for Christ is resurrection and reconciliation for all the human race. And together again, we shall be one in Christ, one in our life together. Praise to God who has created us. Praise to God who has accepted us. Praise to God who sends us into the world. Amen. As we come towards the message, we're going to pray uh, in the words of a prayer uh, over him. We're going to sing two verses of Master Speak, Thy Servant Heareth. We need to hear God's word. So we're going to pray. We can stand or sit as you wish, really, because it is a prayer. We're talking to God. Two verses. Thank you, John.
let's pray for Kevin and uh, then we'll have our reading and we'll hear the Lord's message to us. Father God, thank you for our freedom to hear your word, to read your word, to know your word and to live by your word. Thank you for the preparation that's gone on this week and thank you what you've given for what you've given to Kevin. Father, we ask that every single heart here will know what you are saying to them. Help us to hear your challenge in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pauline, thank you. Our reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, and reading from verse 18. It's on page 1177 in your church Bibles. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of the Lord. Friends, good morning. Really good to, uh, to be back here uh, at Christ Church. Uh, actually good to be able to, uh, to stand in. Uh, Ellen has done it for two weeks. I'm stepping in this morning uh, for Peter as he and Debbie have a chance to go on holiday. So uh, we pray for them uh, this morning. Um, I've always had a heart for you here at Christ Church for 18 years. I was the vicar of your neighbouring parish uh, in Mealbrace. So some of you may re- remember a younger version of me from those years. Um, actually, I arrived here in 1991. Gary Griffiths was your vicar. <laughs> uh, so I was here right the way through that latter part of Gary's time as your vicar, and then I think the whole of Ralph's time. Um, Ralph 
uh, golden birds. So you've always been on the sort of periphery of my vision as I've looked out from uh, Miobris. Uh, we left in 2009, uh, went off to do other jobs, and actually we've returned to Shrewsbury in retirement. Uh, though I have to say it's a busy and active uh, retirement. So just lovely to reconnect uh, with you all this morning. Uh, and I do so as uh, you have been reflecting uh, together on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Uh, what a great time I'm sure you've had in Paul's letter to the uh, Ephesians. And I actually get to finish the series uh, this morning on the theme that actually, if we're honest, is the starting and the finishing place for all Christian uh, living. Uh, in our personal walk with God, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in our collective life together as the Church of Jesus, which is the life of prayer. The life of prayer. Uh, apart from those personal greetings with which the letter uh, uh, finishes, Paul finishes his letter to the Ephesians with an exhortation to pray. Uh, and you recall that he started his letter... Um, with a great declaration of praise in chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In chapter 3, he includes one of his own great prayers. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power um, and so on. A great prayer um, of the Apostle Paul. And now he concludes, starts with praise, <laughs> includes one of his great prayers, and now he concludes his letter by exhorting his readers to pray. Uh, and to pray on all occasions, he says, um, in every kind of way, with all kinds of prayers and requests, uh, praying for all the Lord's people. Um, and then he asks them to pray for him. And we'll come back to that in a, in a few moments. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I'll fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Um, Paul was himself a man of prayer. And he wanted the church in Ephesus to be a people of prayer and here's the rub, friends. He wants us to be a people of prayer. He wants us to be defined as a people who uh, pray. I've just finished reading uh, John McGinley's book, uh, The Church of Tomorrow. I don't know whether you've uh, come across it. It's, I think it's well worth a read. I've just come to the uh, very final uh, epilogue at the end of, of the book. Uh, interestingly, John refers to Paul's letter to the Ephesians constantly, consistently through this letter. So you'll find connections, through the book rather, you'll find connections between the letter to the Ephesians and what uh, John has to say in this book. And his final chapter, just as Paul finished Ephesians with a reference and an exhortation to pray, so John uh, concludes his book with a chapter on uh, prayer. And he begins the chapter with a reference to uh, the full gospel church in Seoul, in South Korea, its leader, David Yonggi Cho. Um, and uh, uh, Yonggi Cho 
is on record as saying that this dramatic growth of the church um, in South Korea was founded on prayer. Um, and John's quotes David Yonggi Cho, you pray with your head, but we pray with our heart. And then he says this, which I found challenging. Uh, in the places around the world that I've been privileged to visit, where the church is on fire and growing, they pray differently. From an Orthodox church in India to an Anglican church in Mozambique to a Pentecostal church in Brazil, there is a heartfelt desire, faith and power in their praying that we rarely see in our UK church culture. The key is that they prioritise prayer because they believe coming before God is the most effective and powerful thing that they can do. They surrender their limited capacities and seek ability to act and move in this world. Instead of a short prayer asking for God's blessing on the plans discussed in a meeting, prayer is the plan and God is the source of everything that they uh, need. Uh, and so the chapter goes on. If I've whetted your appetite to go and buy, buy the book. Uh, and in fact, he moves on to refer to an Af African bishop um, who said on one occasion, do your prayers make God sweat? Church of Jesus, do your prayers move God? And John McGinley comments uh, on that. Do our prayers match the awe and wonder of God? and the size of the missionary task in our nation. Uh, friends, maybe we need to attend to what Paul says here about prayer in the verses we're looking at with as much of a sense of urgency in our current uh, context in the UK as his first listeners in Ephesus all those years ago. And maybe we need to take a special note of the specific exhortation in this passage, to pray in the Spirit, which is my particular theme this morning. To pray in the Spirit. Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer, and so on. And this phrase, pray in the Spirit, doesn't appear anywhere else in the, 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 the writings of the uh, Apostle uh, Paul. Uh, Jude, in his short letter, speaks at one point in verse 20 of praying in the Spirit. And of course, Paul speaks of praying and singing with my spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as a reference to speaking and singing in tongues. And he later calls this praising God in the Spirit. But it's only really here in Ephesians 6 that Paul invites us to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And I think it's a tantalizing uh, invitation, and we're going to look at it. Um, it feels like a kind of porthole into something grand and something mysterious and something wonderful about prayer that we need to attend to. It's suggesting to us that prayer isn't just about what we do by ourselves or what we do in the flesh, which is Paul's frequent opposite 
to all his references in the New Testament, to in the Spirit. But prayer is something that we do with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Prayer is a Holy Spirit and us thing. And that, for me, makes prayer even more exciting. (laughs) That it's not simply something that we do in our own strength or in isolation. So what does it mean to pray, to do everything that Paul exhorts the Ephesians to pray for here in the end of chapter 6, in the Spirit? What does that mean? And I think Peter, in giving me this this task, has given me um, quite a big job to do. Maybe that's why he went on holiday and (laughs) and thought, let's invite a, a guest speaker to look at this. It's a massive question, but just a few thoughts for you. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit. And I just want to offer you uh, a few thoughts. I wonder, firstly, whether prayer in the Spirit means that we join the Holy Spirit in his ceaseless praying. How does that sound? That when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we are joining the Holy Spirit in his ceaseless praying. And I've always taken very seriously Jesus' injunction in the Sermon on the Mount um, that says, when, you, when he said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And there's a deep wisdom in what Jesus asks of us to set aside time uh, to be alone with God in the quiet and the secret place. But let me be absolutely honest, I do that. But sometimes I feel very alone, <laughs> particularly on a cold winter's morning <laughs> when I'm got a, perhaps a bit of midwinter blues and I'm not feeling fully myself. It can be, feel very isolated to be in the secret place by yourself. But I wonder if the truth that Paul is pointing us here to uh, in this passage is that actually we are never alone when we pray. Even on those cold, dark mornings in our secret, quiet uh, place, we are never alone when we pray. We are in in the company of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We are connecting with him as he, the Holy Spirit, intercedes constantly before the throne of the Father. (laughs) That makes prayer a much more interesting and a much more uh, invigorating thing in my Mind. Romans 8, which I'm going to refer to a few times, is one of the great mountain peaks of the New Testament. And in it, Paul says uh, wonderful things, but he s- says at one point, not only that Jesus is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us, that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ is constantly interceding before the throne of the Father. But Paul also says in Romans chapter 8, and I quote, The Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. It's an astonishing picture, isn't it, of prayer as the language of the Trinity. (laughs) That Jesus is constantly praying. (laughs) That the Holy Spirit is ceaselessly uh, praying. We might ask, what do the Father and the Holy Spirit speak about every day through a long eternity Um, Romans 8 would suggest to us that they speak about us. Uh, That the language of the Trinity 
is about us and it's about you. That Father, Son and Holy Spirit speak about the word in all its mixture of majesty and murkiness. Jesus interceding for us before the Father and the Holy Spirit interceding for us before the Father. All suggest to us that the life of the Trinity is a prayer-saturated life. Just give me a smile or a nod if that kind of connects with you. (laughs) That the life of the Trinity of the Godhead, in its majesty and in its greatness and in its eternal reality, is a prayer-saturated life. Because within the Godhead, Jesus is ceaselessly praying, and within the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is ceaselessly praying. And maybe what Paul is beginning to indicate in this little phrase, pray in the Spirit, is that every time we pray, we join our voices into the eternal voice of the Holy Spirit as he prays to the Father. Are you with me? We connect into his ceaseless prayer. We pray in the prayers that he is praying We are joining into the ceaseless prayer of the Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ before the Father. So, of course, we've got a companion when we pray. (laughs) We're never alone in our secret places because we are connecting into the Holy Spirit's prayer as he intercedes before the Father with, I think, a lovelier translation in the RSV, with sighs too deep for words. Does that raise our spirits a little bit this morning? <laughs> if we've been finding um, it's been a bit of a struggle as we've prayed. Praying in the Spirit means actually that we can connect into the ceaseless prayer of the Holy Spirit and connected thereby into the very language of the Trinity. And then Paul says also in Romans chapter 8 as a second aspect, I think, of what it means to pray in the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit helps us uh, to pray. I'm sure you've had those times when you want to pray but you don't know what to pray for. Or actually you don't want to pray. You know you ought to, but you struggle to put yourself into that place of prayerful connection with the Father. So what does Paul say? In Romans chapter 8, and I quote, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless grounds. <laughs> what was Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit? Um, he says it constantly <laughs> in, uh, uh, in, the letter of, in, the, in the Gospel of John. Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit is fairly consistently the paraclete. Um, and we've struggled to translate that. In fact, every version of the Bible, it seems to me, translation of the Bible comes up with a different word. <laughs> um, but you might remember the good old Good News Bible uh, translated paraclete as the helper, not as the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, as in other translations, but the helper. Um, Paraclete comes from the Greek para alongside, uh, kalio, to call. The Holy Spirit is the one who we can call to, to come alongside us, as our comforter, counselor, advocate, but also as our helper. So is what Paul is saying here, 
is what perhaps what Paul is saying here is that along with all the other myriad ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us in our walk with Christ, the Holy Spirit also helps us to pray. He helps us to pray, especially in our weakness. When we don't know how to pray, we've no desire for prayer, we don't know who to pray for or what to say. Uh, my, uh, the shelves of my study are, are, are lined with books on prayer. <laughs> uh, I still eagerly buy them. Um, and I just, this last week, had this one popped through um, the door. Praying like monks, living like fools, an invitation to the wonder and the mystery of prayer. I was intrigued by the title <laughs> because I'd like to pray with the discipline and consistency of, uh, uh, of those in the spiritual life. Uh, I continue to want to live as a fool for Christ and I want to be engaged in the deep mystery of the life of prayer. It's by a guy called Tyler uh, Statton who runs the 24-7 prayer movement in the US and it's the next book on my pile uh, and I'm looking forward to reading it. We need those who can teach us how to pray. Um, I've valued every single book that I've read on prayer and I've valued every single talk that I've been on the receiving end uh, of. But you know maybe the best teacher in prayer is actually the Holy Spirit himself who in our weakness and sometimes in our prayerlessness is always the paraclete, uh, always the helper, helping us to pray. Maybe that's another dimension of what happens when we pray as a church or individually, come Holy Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit comes, we'll find our prayer lives beginning to warm up a bit. Uh, we'll find we have a helper for our prayer lives. We'll find perhaps a new desire to pray. We'll find that prayer is less of a trudge, uh, more of a delight than it is simply a discipline. And we'll find things on our hearts that we wish to pray about and we won't be content until uh, we've prayed. Is this make, all making sense to you? Pray in the Spirit is joining in the ceaseless prayer of the Holy Spirit within the prayer-saturated life of the, Holy, of the Holy Trinity. And prayer in the Spirit is prayer with a helper. Uh, prayer inspired by one who will lead us into the life of prayer. And then maybe um, there's a third dimension to prayer in the Spirit, which is that when we pray in the Spirit, we find ourselves praying in closer alignment with the Father's will. How's that sound? When we pray in the Spirit, we find ourselves praying in closer alignment with the Father's will. I don't think we'll ever fully know when our prayers are within the will of the Father. But just maybe the more we're allowing the Holy Spirit to help us in our praying the more likely it will be that the prayer that he inspires in us is the very thing that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are talking about within the privacy and intimacy of the Godhead. 
with just a greater likelihood that we will see answers to the prayers that we pray and the intercessions and the petitions we make because inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, we're praying in accordance with the very will of the Father. Is this making sense uh, to you? Uh, How is it that Holy Spirit-inspired prayers are in alignment with the Father's will? Because as Paul again says in Romans chapter 8, you need to go back and read Romans 8, won't you, on these uh, verses. He who searches our hearts, says Paul, that is the Father, knows the mind of the Spirit. Well, of course he does. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God in Trinity. They're conjoined in every possible way within the mind and the, uh, within mind and will. The Father will always know the mind of the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on to say, and I quote, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And of course the Holy Spirit will never intercede for anything that's contrary to the collective will of God in Trinity. Which means tantalizingly that when the Holy Spirit helps us in our praying and when we are caught up in the Holy Spirit's ceaseless intercession before the Father that we too pray or find ourselves praying in accordance with the will of God. Friends, how wonderful. Give me a smile. Something that suggests this is warming our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Because when we pray, we want to pray, Father, in line with your will. We want to join in the conversation of the Trinity. We want to be seated in the heavenly places, praying what Jesus is praying. Praying what the Holy Spirit is praying. We want to pray, do we not, friends, sisters and brothers, more and more in the Spirit. Not just in the flesh. In our own strength. And here's a final thought about what praying in the Spirit might mean that we pray the very things that are on the Spirit's heart. That as the Spirit helps us and inspires us and moves us in our praying, we find that we're praying for the very things that are on the Holy Spirit's heart. The very content of our prayers becomes more about what he wants than perhaps even selfishly about what we want. And that's why these verses are so lovely, because they give us a kind of... um, Permission, if you like, to pray for the things which are on the Spirit's heart. And that includes praying for ourselves. Uh, Isn't it lovely that Paul says in this passage, pray also for me. Pray also for me. It's not selfish to pray for ourselves and to ask others to pray for us because we are at the pivotal point of what matters to God. And so to pray for ourselves is to pray for that which matters to God, which matters to God the Holy Spirit. We can pray for our work, as Paul does here. We can pray for our mission and our evangelism as ambassadors, thankfully without chains, as Paul invites prayer here. We can pray that we too 
will be fearless in sharing our faith. We can pray widely as the Holy Spirit's concerns are as wide as the ocean and as deep as the sea. I love the alls in this passage. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There's a kind of breadth, isn't there? Because it's God's will. And we're his people. We are the creation of his hands. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to catch us up into all of the things in this broken world which are on God's heart, which are on the heart of the Holy Spirit. And we can pray for the church. Um, Paul says here, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Um, And friends, does the church not need our prayers at the moment? Uh, It needs our prayers locally. Um, We're going We are going through uh, troublous times, I think, within the Church of England, with perhaps with more difficult times ahead of us. Um, Pray for the church in this nation, because the church is on the heart of God. It's on the heart of the Holy Spirit. So the more that we're praying in the Spirit, the more, I'm sure, we'll find ourselves praying for the church. And just as a final thought, which could have been the theme of the whole sermon, we can pray against the enemy and his schemes. Uh, Surely Paul exhorts us to pray in the spirit immediately after describing the spiritual battle because prayer in the spirit is one more dimension of how we defeat the enemy and push back his schemes. Gosh, I've hardly done this in a way that's adequate, have I? But I hope it's touched minds and hearts and at least gets us thinking. But what does Paul mean when he exhorts the Ephesians, exhorts us to pray in the Spirit? I think there are depths and levels to the answer to that that I have still to understand and still to plumb. But it means how wonderful that we join the Holy Spirit in his eternal intercession before the Father and are caught up in a conversation at the very heart of God. It means, secondly, that we ask the Holy Spirit to be paraclete in this dimension of our life, often where we feel at our weakest. And we find that he helps us in our weakness and teaches us to pray. And thirdly, it means because the Holy Spirit always prays the Father's will, that as we pray in the Spirit, our prayers will be ever more aligned to what the Father, what God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit really want. And fourthly, we'll find ourselves praying for the things that matter to the Spirit. For us, as the pinnacle of his creation, for the church of which he is Lord, for the world that he made and loves and where he's building a kingdom and in the battle that rages in the heavenlies. Do we not want to pray in the Spirit more and more? Give me a nod. Come, Holy Spirit, and catch us up into your gracious, ceaseless, powerful intercession and help me and help us together, help us as church to pray in the Holy Spirit.
hope we're all challenged. Thank you, Kevin. I think what we'll do is go straight into our intercessions and have the hymn after. It makes sense to come into our intercessions, and I've got some prayer points to intercede for those who are in trouble in different ways. In the pauses, something might come into your mind, a specific person, a group of people, a nation. That means God's saying, pray for that, pray for those people. And after the pauses, we'll say together, yeah, stand among us in your risen power that works between, you'll see. So let's stay together, say together, stand among us in your risen power. Lord, with all who are in darkness and weariness, Together, stand among us in your risen power. Lord, with all who are in doubt or despair, Together, stand among us in your risen power. With all who are in trouble or who are fearful, Together, stand among us in your risen power. With all who are in sickness and weakness, Together, stand among us in your risen power. And with all who are frail and nearing death. Together, Stand among us in your risen power. Lord and Father, we long for all who don't know you to come into your light. 
and whatever our circumstance, may we know your presence as you walk with us through our days. Amen. Now we come to the proclamation of what we believe, and I've come across a hymn, which is that one, and I've only sung it once, and I think the words are fantastic, and I think they proclaim what and who God is to us, uh, uh, and who God is. So shall we stand and sing this? And we have sung it before, because it was here I learnt it, but it was only once, so... Shall we sing it? Would you like to stand? and turn around and wave and smile at everybody while Kevin gets ready for communion. So blessed be Christ, the Prince of Peace, who breaks down the walls that divide. So the peace of God be always with you. Praise Christ, who unites us in his peace. Well, move about if you like. Peace be with you. 
Friends, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word, through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving Spirit, and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of your kingdom. With this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. 
Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Father, accept through him, our great High Priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your Spirit. Inspire us with your love and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. And do please sit or kneel. our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in the one bread. I think, friends, you understand uh, if you're regular here, the mechanics uh, by which we're going to, uh, you're going to receive the bread and the wine. Um, and if you're uh, new here this morning, you're here perhaps for the first time, then I suggest you follow those around you. But in brief, um, I'm going to give the bread to you at the front here of the chancel step. You'll then move to one side to receive the wine, but you take both bread and wine uh, back to your seats. Um, and then as an act of symbolic, act of unity, uh, we'll consume the bread and drink the wine uh, together, so don't be caught out if you're a visitor uh, who maybe does that things differently in your uh, regular places of worship. So, sisters and brothers, draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which He gave for you, and His blood, which He shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that He died for you, and feed on Him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. Most merciful Lord, your love compels us to come in. Our hands were unclean, our hearts were unprepared. We were not fit even to eat the crumbs from under your table. 
but you, Lord, are the God of our salvation, and share your bread with sinners. So cleanse and feed us with the precious body and blood of your Son, that he may live in us and we in him, and that we with the whole company of Christ may sit and eat in your kingdom. Amen. You're all welcome at the Lord's table.
And this is more than a, a symbolic act. Uh, we are actually united in the one spirit. <laughs> uh, we are a people on the same journey, and we head of, have ahead of us the same eternal banquet feast of heaven. So in particular remembrance for all that Jesus did upon the cross of Calvary, um, paying the penalty for our sins, dying in our place, making forgiveness and a restored relationship with God possible. We eat the bread as the body of Christ. And one day we will drink together again in the kingdom of God as we drink this wine as the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, we do pray that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need a helper. So we pray for the paraclete to come afresh into our lives individually, into Christ Church, Baston Hill. And Lord, would you be, Holy Spirit, the helper in our praying? Make us a people who pray in the Spirit, caught up in the very prayer of the Spirit of God, into the very language of the Trinity. I want to pray for you as the community of the church here at Christ Church based in Hill. I want to pray that the Lord will restore your spirits. That he'll lift you up and build you up. That he'll lift your eyes to all that is to come. And the better times and the greater vision. But I pray for the community here that we might walk by faith in the Son of God who loves us and live by faith and by hope in Him. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll come as the healer of hurts, the one who delights to come alongside us in our weakness, The one who restores and refreshes and revives. The one who never lets us go. And I pray for a, a fresh bubbling up of the fresh springs of living water right in the heart of this fellowship. That it might flow out from us as rivers and tributaries 
into the arid and, and barren spiritual land around us. final prayer together. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Were there any children's activities? There weren't. I pray that we will keep that challenge to our prayer lives, very close to us in the coming days. Next week, said communion at nine o'clock and church at ten at ten. And um, I chose the very upbeat last hymn. You shall go out with joy. And if your bodies can't quite stand still, that's okay. You shall go out with joy. Straight from the book of the Psalms. Thank you, John. You shall go out.
with you, uh, brothers and sisters, and I'll keep you in my prayers in uh, the coming days, as will Anne, my wife, who's here uh, this morning. Uh, I gather our refreshments uh, immediately following the service, so if you're able to stay for those, that would be wonderful. And if you are here for the first time, just make a point of introducing yourself to a regular so that we can extend uh, the fullest possible welcome uh, to you. Why don't we just open our hands to receive that which God still would place within you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his countenance to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he turn his wonderful face towards you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you, be real to you, and remain with you this day and always. And may the Lord help us collectively, individually, to be a people of prayer who pray in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, and as you go, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. I should have said a special thank you to Eleanor who's been standing in. And indeed, thank you to all those who've contributed to the leadership of our worship uh, this morning. Thank you.